One verse of scripture tonight, Luke 1, 14. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For a few moments I want to talk tonight, if I may, about what is Christmas to you. Is it Scrooge? Is it Santa Claus? Or is it a Savior? Here it is, December 2020. Can you believe it? 23 days away from Christmas. In America, it's one of the most highly anticipated and celebrated seasons of the year. I don't know about you, but it seems like the decorations went up a lot earlier this year than it has in days gone by. I don't know if you thought about that. I know that some of the big box stores, they were decorating late August, September, which they always do. Uh, and then we know that I noticed that many of the houses around town and communities and subdivisions, they started decorating inside and out. And it just seemed like that people were decorating a lot earlier this year. Maybe it's just because of COVID-19, people can't get out and travel. Maybe it's because of all the mess with our country and the elections. And people thought, you know, I need to do something to go give me a little hope, a little relaxation, and, and bring a little joy to my life. And I know we put the, my wife, I, I didn't, she put the Christmas tree up a lot earlier this year than normal. And for that, I am grateful. For most Americans, Christmas is supposed to be uh, one of the most celebrated festival holidays of the year. And we know that to be the craze. Decorations are everywhere. Shopping seems to be full speed ahead, both in, a, in the stores and uh, also over the internet. I know that yesterday I saw the prime uh, jet fly in overhead at least two times uh, within a five minute separation period of time. So the boxes are coming and the boxes are going. Families have made their preparations to where they're going to spend Christmas. Uh, they probably have the menu already picked out. Gifts have already been purchased. And while Christmas is supposed to be a festive time, it can also host a lot of pressure upon us. And it can be a time of disappointment and a time of depression as well. If we're not careful, brothers and sisters, we can have a tendency to overexpect uh, this time of the year. And then once it's all over, there can be a tremendous disappointment. We allow Christmas to build and build and build and build over the months and over the weeks and over the days. But then finally, when Christmas rolls around, we're stoked, we're pumped up. And then when that last present is open, uh, when that last meal is eaten, when all the families disperse and begin to go back home, uh, the trinkles and the lights and everything come off the tree and the trees carried out to the curb uh, to be hauled away and the presents have been taken back to Walmart for a better size and whatever, depression can roll in and that seems to happen to sometimes even the best of us. It's all over. But Christmas means different things to different people along the way. For some it can either mean Scrooge, for some it can mean Santa Claus, and for others it can mean a Savior. That's the fact of the season. That seems to be the complete cycle. To those that are Scrooges in this world, uh, outside of conversion, he's going to remain grumpy. He's going to remain grouchy. He's going to remain very irritable and murmur about everything around. Uh, but just another way of getting more money, he says. Uh, everything uh, about it makes him complain, makes him groan, and makes him grumble along the way. They hate spending money on anybody at any time. And the reason being is because they complain about the cooking. They complain about the decorating. Uh, Scrooge complains about the long lines in the restaurants if they're open, the long lines at the mall, and certainly Scrooge hates the traffic upon the road. Sound like me sometime. Uh, how about you? Uh, Scrooge is a very uncomfortable guy. And he's tired probably of sending out cards uh, to friends and loved ones without getting any cards in return or anything of equal or of less value along the way. It's always the same for these people. No exchanging of gifts for me this year. Uh, let's just get through this thing as we quick as we can, and let's get back to work as fast as we can. That's one side of Christmas. 
And thank God, that's usually the minority of people in the world in America, and not necessarily everybody. And then for other people, Christmas is all about Santa Claus. Uh, This is usually where the children roll in. Uh, Normally the case, somebody said one time, Christmas is for kids. Well, uh, if Santa Claus is all you're looking forward to, uh, then I guess Christmas is for kids. It's a chance to get out of town sometimes uh, with our family to go see our family or a chance to go across town with our family to see our family. It's buying on credit and paying later down the road. It's an excuse for parties every night. Uh, Sometimes Christmas is a time of drinking, can be a time of dancing, a time of bar hopping to be with the in crowd, a time to have a party here and have a party there. Uh, many times for those people, Christmas is nothing more than a, 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 some type of a, a myth or a legend, uh, some type of tradition. And Christmas, for those people who love Santa Claus, is tradition on steroids. We know that Christmas time is a time of plotting, a time of scheming. Uh, sometimes folk tell little white lies. They stretch the truth from time to time. It's still in the kiss under a mistletoe. It's eggnog and it's fruitcake for many of these people. Uh, it's a, hopefully a Christmas bonus uh, from the boss or from the employer. And again, it's all about toys for, and, and dolls for the children. It's about perfume and jewelry for the ladies. And many times it's about soap on the rope and Old Spice for the men. That's what they usually have to look forward to. And for those people, it's an intoxicating time of the year. St. Nick rules. If that's all our, our Christmas rules around, it revolves around him, then indeed he will. How about the lady behind the counter at the department store, standing on her feet all day long, and here she has to smile while a lady standing across over complaining because she can't find the dress in her size. Uh, for the Santa Claus lovers in this world, what about the, uh, the, the police officer who has to turn his head and not give a ticket to the guy that's parked because after all, uh, the overparking got to look, forget about it because it's Christmas time. And what about the well man that has to walk through the sleet and the rain and the snow and carry those old heavy packages on his back uh, with a smile as he delivers it to you? And what about FedEx and UPS and the prime drivers and all these delivery people that work 12, 14 hours a day just to make sure that the gifts are there in your hand uh, before December the 25th rolls around. And with that being said, everybody is expected to encourage the customers uh, to sing pay, uh, pay as you go for them before you go out the door. And then on top of all of that, that gift can't be special till you pay for that extra red bow just to make sure it's got that extra special touch so we have a way to make sure they have it. Yeah, Christmas is a strange time in America. You know that? Hopes are raised. Anticipations are on an all-time high. Many people smile more than usual. Many people sing more than usual uh, because we love the Christmas carols. We love the Christmas things uh, that are out there. And yeah, you know that children are usually on their best behavior, little tots this time of the year. Uh, They'll clean up after themselves. They'll make up their bed. They'll get up early. Uh, They'll make sure that they take their bath. They'll make sure this, that, and done. The chores are done because after all, Santa Claus is coming to town. And he's making the list and he's checking it twice to see who's going to be naughty and nice. And they've decided at least up through December the 25th, they're going to be as nice as they can because they do not want to be left behind. Gifts and toys and trinkets and lights and wreaths and sleigh bells and Santa Claus. Yes, that's what Christmas is to most of the people in America. But friends, that's not real Christmas. Real Christmas is about a Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. You won't find Jesus riding in Santa Claus's sleigh. 
You won't find Jesus marching down Main Street at Disney World uh, in Mickey Mouse's Christmas Parade. You won't find Jesus being invited to the Commerce, uh, Chamber of Commerce Christmas Parade either. You won't find Jesus Christ uh, escorted on the throne of tinsel by the stars of Hollywood or by the musicians of Dollywood. You won't find Jesus Christ uh, during that time where there'll be no milk and no cookies set out for him on Christmas Eve. Uh, there won't be any chimney for Jesus to come down, and nor will there be any mat, any sock hanging by the mantle uh, while he's there as well. The cash registers in town are taking up money all over the world today uh, because we celebrate his birthday, but none of the prophets are going to be given to him. Nobody's going to bow their knee before Jesus Christ at a bar, at a liquor store, at a ballroom, or some high-rise corporate building where they're having their parties. Uh, nobody's going to invite him. Many of the people that like Santa Claus, they're not going to invite him uh, to sit down at the dinner table on Christmas night or Christmas day or Christmas Eve. They have no room for him, much like the same way they had no room for him in the inn when he was born. But there can be no real Christmas without Jesus Christ. You see, without Christ, without him, you're either a Scrooge or you're a Santa Claus. You're either filled up with fantasy or you're filled with disillusionment. And either way, Christmas can be nothing but a day on the clock in the world. As a child, for me, Christmas was all about Santa Claus. I loved it. I loved the decorating. I loved all the lights. I loved all the singing. I loved all the food. I loved all the hoorah. But there was such a disappointment when it was over with. In my home growing up, we all opened presents at the same time. Three minutes, it was over. Done. Pile of paper and a pile of toys. You couldn't get through. Only when I married into my wife's family uh, did we take up one, one person at a time, open up again. Now it lasts a little bit longer. But that's not what it's all about. As I became a teenager, I became the Scrooge. Bar humbug. I didn't want anything to do with any of it. And sad to say, even as a Christian, I began to be somewhat of a Scrooge from time to time. I still don't like the traffic. I don't like the long lines. I don't like the shopping. I don't like any of it. Matter of fact, I wouldn't have a stitch of clothes in my life. My wife didn't shop for me. I'm not lazy. I just don't like to shop. But I want to remind you, Christmas is about somebody else's birthday. And you know that person to be Jesus Christ. He brings a new meaning. He brings new life. He brings victory. He brings peace. He's more than just a passing holiday uh, from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Thank God he makes Christmas, makes an everyday, a wonderful affair that we can have in serving him. I remind you, do you ever look at Christmas through the eyes of a child? You ever see how excited they are? You ever see the anticipation? You ever see the expectation? Oh, that's what they do. It's all about Santa Claus. But did you look? Look in their eyes and see the expectation. See the anticipation. See the thrill. I believe, friend, we all need to look at Christmas that way and see Jesus yeah. with that type of anticipation, that type of expectation, and that type of excitement in our life. Jesus can and desires to bring that kind of freshness, that kind of excitement, uh, that kind of a life back into our lives as well. It's a kind of peace that can't be found a gift. It's a kind of peace that can't be found in a bottle or a pill or a drug or an alcohol. It's a kind of peace and joy uh, that can't be found in another relationship or in some other type of a career or some other type of a bank account or a credit card. Thank God unwrapping Jesus Christ and beholding him as the Savior, as the friend that sticks close to the brother. Unfolding that gift and seeing who he is will bring life and bring peace and bring new excitement to the whosoever's of this world today. Jesus gives meaning to every aspect of life.
Let me say it again. Jesus brings meaning to every aspect of our life. I've lived life without Jesus, and it was nothing but boring and monotonous. But I've lived life with Jesus. And I have found that even when I have setbacks, there is meaning. When I have sickness, there can be meaning. When I go through trial and test, there can be meaning. When I have a bad day at work, there can be meaning. Uh, when life uh, the, the, the rains on my parade, there can be meaning. When I'm arguing with my spouse a time or two, uh, there's life in it. There's always meaning. Even at death, we can find meaning in life if we have Jesus Christ, the life giver. You see, Jesus gives life and that life more abundantly. The happiness and the joy that Christ gives does not end on Saturday, December the 26th. I'm grateful we can have that every day of our life. It's not over suddenly like the Christmas season's gone and the mad rush is over and now Jesus left. No, we can have embrace him and love him and move in him every day of our life. Through him we receive eternal life. And thank God it's never over like a date on the calendar. Through him we learn that the Christmas experience he gives does not depend upon our money, does not depend upon our credit card, does not depend upon the gifts we've given or the gifts that we have received. It all is about a relationship, not with Santa Claus, not with Scrooge, but with Jesus. I read a story last week about a family that found themselves needing extra money during the Christmas season. They had more month than they had money. They weren't able to buy gifts for their family, unable to buy gifts for their friends. And it was discouraging. It was depressing and somewhat embarrassing to this family. And the wife looked at the husband. She said, you know, I am so discouraged. I will be so glad when Christmas is over. I want nothing to do with it this year. I wish we could skip over Christmas altogether. And he said to her, oh, no, dear. Christmas is more than just giving expensive gifts. It's giving our love. Let's make a list of those we want to give gifts to. Then we can think of things that we can make and we can give for them. So they didn't have any money to give, but they brainstormed and came up with ideas. To the young married couples that had children, they made a little card. And on that card said, we agree, uh, to, and I'll just read it. I uh, said, we will uh, keep your children one night a month during the next year. You can go where any, any place you go those nights and come back when you please. Well, that's a gift that keeps on giving. One night a month. Go as long as you want. Stay as long as you want. We will keep your child or your children during that month. To the teenagers, they wrote on little cards and they gave to them about some practical helps that would help them transition from uh, teenage years and something to help them enter into adult years. For their adult friends and family, they put together a cookbook with recipes in it. And they would cut out poems out of the newspaper and magazines and put that in And they gave it from their heart. And you see, that's the thing. We think in order for a gift to be precious, it's got to be expensive. But the truth of the matter is, they've learned that giving comes from the heart. Amen. It's not so much what we give as much as how we give. And that's what these people learned during that particular time. The real gift comes from the heart. The gift without the giver is meaningless. The gift without the heart of the giver is meaningless. Christmas is more than a day on the calendar. At best, it is an experience. It means opening our life to Jesus. He's the one that decorates our soul. Our hearts become a place where he lives. Our hearts become a place where he abides. Our heart becomes a place where he can reach through us to other people and minister the needs of men and women and boys and girls. He gives a new outlook. He gives us new meaning. He gives us a new purpose for life. He fills our life with gifts so we learn it's better to give than it is to receive. How do we learn that? For God so loved the world. Man, he wasn't stingy at all, was he? 
He was not stingy one iota. He did not give us gold. He did not give us silver. He did not give us lands and houses and wealth. He gave us Jesus, the best gift in all of the world for time and for eternity. And now that we have Jesus, he has given us the ability to do things we could not do had we never met him. (coughs) Thank God for Jesus. The Santa Claus experience each year is only a poor sham of what God desires to give to you and to me. Christmas comes and goes. Santa comes and goes once a year. Jesus has come to stay every day of our life. Jesus lifts us above the bah humbugs of this world and gives us a lasting peace and gives us a lasting joy. The writer of Luke tells us in Acts 14, 7, Luke puts it this way, Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. This Christmas spirit is the very nature of God. Think about that. The Christmas spirit is the very nature of God himself. That's the way God feels. He gives because he loves, and he gives because he loves us unconditionally. Ever made a mistake this week, anybody? God changed his mind about the way he feels about you? Anybody spit in the face of God's sin this week? Did God say, I think I'm done with you? He's a God that keeps on giving, a God that keeps on loving, and a God that keeps on showing mercy and keeps on showing grace for every one of us. Invite the Christ of Christmas to come into your life. He don't run out of patience. He doesn't run out of love. He doesn't run out of mercy. He doesn't love out of grace. If he loved you so much as he did and died for you as a sinner, how much more will he do for us now that we are his children? When you and I make a mistake, if and when we sin, we confess it to God. We ask him to forgive us. He don't have a ball bat hitting his head and say, you idiot, get up. Act like my boy. Act like my girl. He gingerly walks with us as we would with a child. You will enjoy that Christmas experience in the hot summer months of July and August. You can enjoy this wonderful Christmas spirit experience on Labor Day and Father's Day when your family goes, who is that man? Boy, have you not changed. Don't limit this to a day. Enjoy him all year long. After all, Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. He fits one size, fits all, all culture, all people groups, all ages. He fits it all. Friends, it's so easy to be caught up in living that we forget to make a life. With that being said, circumstances in our life can rob us of the joy of the Lord. Circumstances can rob us of peace. Is your life monotonous? Is your life boring? Is your life dull? Has your soul been hurt and beat up and bruised? Do you feel all alone in the world? Do you feel isolated from friends? Do you feel isolated from family? If so, you need a Christmas experience that will renovate your life. That will renovate my life. He will change our attitudes. And thank God he will give us a better experience so that other people want to be around us. You ever been around those folks? You see them coming, you run the other way? Have you been that person before? I hope not. I hope you've not been that person. People say they go the other way. I think that the Lord can change our attitudes that you'll be a blessing to people and they won't start running away from you and they see you. They'll be drawn towards you. I know for a fact that God can take the Scrooges of this world and transform our hearts and our minds to the point that the little Timmies of the world won't run from us. Thank God they won't embrace us. Why? Because they see a change in your life. This just popped in my head. 
I may have shared this before, I don't know, but it just popped in my head. <clears throat> when I was 17 years of age, 16, 17, I worked at a grocery store. And there was a young man that worked there. His name was Mike. He'd already graduated high school. And, and Mike was lazy. Uh, Mike was a thief. Uh, he would back his car up to the back door, and he would take a big old side of beef out of the cooler of the grocery store and put it in the back, and they'd go camping. He stole that store blind. Rather than work for eight hours, he'd go down in the basement, make himself a bed behind the flour sacks, and he'd sleep for six hours. Get up and then go work for two hours like he'd worked all day long. He was lazy. There'd be a beautiful girl walk in. He'd be stocking. He would go get her buggy. He'd walk around with her, fill the buggy up, kick the lady off the cash register, ring her out, bag her groceries, and take that uh, woman's groceries out to the car. That's what kind of a guy he was. How he kept a job, I don't know. But one day, he walked in. And his countenance had changed. Everything about him had changed. He didn't look at the girls no more. He wasn't stealing no more. Matter of fact, he went to the boss and confessed his thievery, confessed his laziness, and offered to pay it all back with interest. And they went, what's going on? And he said, I was born again, and the blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven me, and I've got to make my wrongs right. I tell you, you talk about watching a, a metamorphosis before my eyes. And one night, he and I were working together in the store late one night, stocking, and I said, Mike, pray for me. He said, I do. I said, tell me what happened. It wasn't about joining the church. It wasn't about turning over a new leaf. Only thing about turning over a new leaf, you're in the same old book. He said, I was born again. And that tweaked me. I said, if God can do that for you, God can do that for me. I'm going to tell you, God can change the scrooges of this world to make us in love with the Savior who died for the world. We wander among the decorations and among the trees and the Santa Clauses and the wreaths trying to find the king. But let me tell you, he can't, be, he can't be found that stuff, even though it can be fun and it can be exciting along the way. We need direction today, as did the wise men and the shepherds had back then. We need to know where to find Jesus. If we look for him anywhere else, brothers and sisters, you can't find him behind that jolly old man that's chubby with a white beard, and it's not me. The, the, the jolly old man with the white beard with a red suit and the red hat and the black patent leather boots. You won't find him there. You won't find him among the trees and the tinsel and the presents wrapped up. You, you know, we still put Jesus in a corner. You know, if you go to the store to try to find the Bible... You'll find it, but it's in an isolated place kind of by itself. All the other books and the magazines, all oh, they take promise. But you look over in the corner, you'll find the Bible. Because we still stick Jesus Christ into a corner. The big sales are everywhere, but you can't find him in the book. You can find him in the Bible, which is God's book. Too many people are searching for Jesus. And they're looking into astrology, they're looking into horoscopes, they're looking everywhere into Christmas, trying to find something to peace of mind. But let me tell you, you find him only as you look for him. Remember when Jesus was born? He was placed in the hands of Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine a little young teenage virgin girl responsible for the salvation of the world, literally in her hands? The best she had was a cave for him to be born in, a feeding trough to place him in. And then she was able to take him, and they ran into Nazareth, uh, the hometown, the most deplicable city in all of Israel. Raised in a carpenter shop, and at 12 years of age, they take Jesus to the temple uh, to keep the law of purification. And they head back home, and they look around and say, where's Jesus? 
Isn't he with you, Joseph? Well, Mary, I thought he was with you. They lost the salvation of the world. They lost Jesus. Can you imagine? Have you ever lost your child in the crowd? Or a grandson or a daughter in the crowd? It brings a panic to your heart. But to think that this is God in the divinity house of the man, and they lose him. It's so easy to lose Jesus among the festive time of the year. When we are all busy about our decorations and all of our parties and all of our planning, we can lose Jesus, friend, very quickly. And where did they find him? They went looking in all the trappings and all these places. They went to this person and that person and this person and that person. They went everywhere. They couldn't find him. And that's what we do. We're so empty inside, we go looking at all the wrong places to try to fill the void, to try to fill the emptiness. Many turn to drink, many turn to drugs, many turn to sex, many turn to this, many turn to that, going, oh, I'm still empty. But where they find Jesus? Right where they left him. <laughs> they go back to the temple, and right there he is. Right there where they left him. And if you know how to lose Jesus in the midst of all the trappings, you'll find him right where you left him. He's waiting for you. And friend, I'm here to tell you, as long as we stay in God's Word, as long as we stay in God's presence, enjoy the festive, enjoy the holidays. But friend, not at the expense of losing Jesus, not at the expense of cramping Him out of our lives. Are you following me? The Bible is the source of all the blessings that we can enjoy in a free world. Think back with me just for a moment. In 1378, John Wycliffe started what became the first completed version of the Bible in the English language. He worked hard to complete the translation in a three-year period of time. He was persecuted, and he eventually died because of all the strain that was placed upon that man in trying to produce a Bible in the English language. What a sacrifice, but what a blessing for this man's dedication. A hundred years later, there came a man by the name of John Tyndall. He wanted to see the Bible available to the farm children in his country. He was forced to leave, so he took up residence in Hamburg, Germany, leaving England. He labored under hardship. He labored with tremendous discouragement. He labored under severe persecution. The king despised him, and the man was betrayed by a close friend. And finally, John Tyndale was tied to a stake he was strangled to death, and his dead body was burned. And the last words this man spoke before he was strangled to death was this, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. Had these two men especially not been faithful in giving us the word of God, there would be no Bible as we know of today. There'd be no Bible that would bear record in our language, to where we would know who we're celebrating at Christmas time. We would never have known Jesus to be the Savior of the world. We would never know the, uh, the Christmas celebration in our country. It would best be a pagan festival and meeting the Scrooges of this world and the Santa Claus worshipers of this world on a daily basis. Friend, let's discover a new appreciation from this Bible. And let's open up the pages, not looking for Scrooge or Santa Claus, but seeing who this Jesus really is in our life. Read the account of Christmas again. Read the prophecies of his birth. See his star again in the eastern sky. I walked the same trail that Mary and Joseph did. Walk the track as did the wise men. Go to the fields of Bethlehem and see what the angel said uh, to the shepherds on that day. Listen to the angel they proclaimed the Savior of the world was born in Bethlehem. Christmas will flood your soul all over again as we find the Christ of Christmas. 
you'll find the joy that you miss in the traffic jams and the crowded malls. You'll find again the meaning that can't be found in a Christmas tree or a gift or in the tinsel. You'll find the joy in singing joy to the world rather than grandma got ran over by a reindeer. You'll find peace in Jesus that you won't find a jug of homebrew. The gift can't be wrapped. The gift can't be tagged. This gift can't be placed under a tree. The gift came to you in a person, not in a box. It's God's sinless son, God's spotless sacrifice. He's not Mary's little lamb. He's God's sacrificial lamb. God's gift was given to each of us that we might have abundant life, that we might have eternal life. The baby born in Bethlehem's manger was born to die on the rugged cross, the two bookends of Christianity. That Jesus gave up his blood, gave up his life, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Make room in your heart for him on this Christmas and every other day of your year, of the year. I'm going to close with this. I know families that have adopted a child or children. And there'll come a time in those children's lives where those kids will want to know, why was I placed for adoption? Why did my mom or my dad give me up? This is just natural. But I think a wise parent will talk to those kids about that. They'll tell the children, I'm going to tell you something. I may not have the answers to why you're adopted. I'm going to tell you something about why we adopted you. We went to that adopting agency. We talked to the lawyer, whomever it may be. And we had scores and scores and scores of children that we could have looked at, that we could have brought home. But we looked and we looked and we chose you specially. Of all those kids we could have, we picked you because we wanted to love you. And I thank God that that's something to think about. With that being said tonight, friends, may I remind you, think about this. God lays a baby on your doorstep and mine. He urges us to claim his son as our very own because he chose us, we can choose him. He knows our life will never become complete without the addition of him being in our life. And we also know that our needs will be met in him now and our needs will be met with him for him forever. Make this Christmas when we say, God, you are mine. And Lord Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. There are a lot of people that believe that some people are predestined to heaven and some are predestined to hell. I don't believe that for a moment. God just didn't love some of the people, not the rest. For God so loved the world. We have been chosen by him through Christ Jesus the Lord. You may not have enough money to buy the gift that you want to. It's amazing. We think we've got to give special gifts to prove how much we love somebody. I don't have nothing to give the Lord but a sinful, broken life. You know what? He accepts it. Amen. He accepts me. He accepts you. Yes, he does. And if we give him our broken, worn out, sinful lives, he takes us and washes us in his blood. And he gives us the power to become his children and now we live clean in a dirty world. We live free in a sinful world. And we have peace with the Holy God. Yes, he's laid him at our doorstep. He chose me, but I want to choose him. Amen. He's chosen everybody in this world through Jesus Christ, but many are turning him down. Have you ever given a gift to somebody that didn't like it? Does it hurt? 
I mean, if you're going out and you plan, and you, uh, my wife's going to shoot me for this, but we first got married. She's from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Back in the mountains, cowgirl boots were the thing. So I went out and I bought her a beautiful pair of cowgirl boots. And she opened those things up and she looked at them and goes, can I take these back? I went, why? I mean, they were roach killers. You know where they come to the point you can kill the roaches in the corner? I thought I had done so good. But Fort Lauderdale gals don't wear those roach killers. And it crushed my heart. But I loved her. I said, get what you want. She probably had to go to Fort Lauderdale to find it because I don't think they had those things in the mountain that she wanted, but be that as it may, it hurt for a moment. I didn't know her that well. But have you ever thought about God giving us his greatest gift in the world? And we say, I don't want it. I don't need it. I put it off to another day. How that must break the heart of Almighty God. How many would choose him tonight and say, God, I want you now and forever. 